Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Catholic. This week, we present part one of an interview Father Scott recorded with a man who literally walked in the snowshoe prints of Bishop Barrett. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Let's Talk Catholic with Father Scott Lawler. As we always do, let's start with the prayer for the cause of Bishop Barriga. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, thank you for the life and holiness of your servant, Frederick Barriga. I pray you will honour him by the title of saint. He dedicated himself completely to missionary activity to make you known, loved, and served by the people who you love. As a man of peace and love, Barriga brought peace and love everywhere he travelled. Lord, Grant Venerable Bishop Barriga the grace of beatification. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. Okay, I have the great pleasure of having some guests again this time, so you won't just be listening to my Scottish tones. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And as a gentleman should, we're going to go ladies first. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jane Chambers uh, from Sheboygan, Michigan. Born and raised uh, in in the area, uh, cradle Catholic from the start. Married to my husband Curtis, sitting over there. Yes, and so Curtis. Right, my name is Curtis Chambers. Married to my lovely wife Jean. We have three sons: um, Justin, Levi, and Jeremy. Um, I'm also a former tribal chairman for the Sheboygan Band of Ottawa and Chippewa in the area. I'm a uh, retired county harbor master, also a veteran of the United States Navy, uh, as are two of my sons and my father. Thank you for your service. It's my pleasure. It's certainly an honor. Okay. Now, did I just randomly drive through the streets of Sheboygan and grab <laughs> the first couple that looked as if I could bully into getting on my radio program? No, I didn't. I have a reason for, for having them, them both here. Um, people might might not know who Curtis is but they know what he did or I hope you do because I didn't know his name but I knew who he was which is why um, over the last couple of years COVID got in the way I was trying to find a way of contacting him and eventually uh, I did so Curtis is the the man who I thought had only done one of Bishop Barriga's snowshoe walks, but he's actually done how many? Uh, about 10 years worth. I've done just about all of the trails that Barriga talks about in his diary. Yeah, so uh, if you, those of you who have, have listened to the other uh, parts of the diary, then you know some of the, the journeys he did. Some of them were very long. Some of them were very short. Um the the weather, he didn't just do them in the winter. Of course, he did them in the the summer. Did you do any? Have you done any in the summer? Um, I do some short canoe trips and things in the summer. Okay. But primarily, I've done most of these in February. Okay. So the question to ask Jane is, <laughs> how mad is your husband? <laughs> That's a good question, Father. <laughs> he he's pretty straightforward. He's always been an outdoorsman. Um, that's always surprising with the adventures he likes to go on. So Okay. Yeah. So this didn't come completely out of the blue when he No, not really. He'd been talking about it for quite some time. Okay. You know, but um, just Okay, so let's go back to the 
what age were you when you first first had the idea? First thought, this might... Or rather, maybe we should talk about... Did you grow up knowing... Either one of you. Did you grow up knowing about Bishop Barrigan or is it something you learned later in life? Um, it's definitely something I learned later in life. Um, you know, although I, I was a cradle Catholic, we were not... In my teens, we were not practicing Catholics. We lived way out in the country and just never got to town. Um, I had not heard about Barriga until I was doing some research for my tribe. I was going to have to do a presentation in Washington, D.C. before Congress, actually. Um, and then as I'm doing this research, I came across a letter, handwritten letter by Barriga, asking my tribe to watch over a Father Murray that he was going to place in the area. Right. Um, and yeah, so it, people have read the diary, have had me read the diary. They'll be familiar with Father, Father Murray. Right, yeah, yeah he's... Uh, and and then the more I studied about Barriga, and then I found out my sons are going to school called Bishop Barriga. Um, what an incredible man he was. Okay. So what age were you when that happened? Curtis? How long um, ago was that? Probably about mid-50s. Okay. So, you, so you'd already finished your service time and stuff like that? Absolutely. And, okay. Yeah. Jane, did you grow up hearing about Bishop Barriga? No, not really. No. no, we went to originally in Sheboygan. It was a St. Mary's school. After I graduated from Catholic school there, uh, they changed the name to Bishop Barriga. But do you do? You, and how old were you when that happened? When it was changed to Barriga? Yeah, I mean, just do you remember what discussions there were about that, or people thought, "Who is this character, and why are we yeah. doing this?" It was uh, triggered by Father Partridge. I don't know if you remember him. He was I do. A, That's why I pray. For Bishop Barriga, Father Partridge asked me to do something to help his cause. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, it was after we had left the area, so I'm not entirely sure, but I okay. know he was involved with that because he's a big um, fan of Barriga himself. Yeah, he, so. he, he was indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think it happened uh, 80s, maybe, because when we came back, it was already changed. We had moved away and came back with our boys, and um, in the 80s, probably it changed to that. Wasn't Father Partridge one of your school administrators? He was the principal was, on it when was, I was in yeah, high school. Yeah. yeah. He was a great man. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, so you're Native American background. Um, two tribes, did you say? Well, they're called Ottawa and Chippewa. Okay. It's the band, it's the Sheboyganing Burt Lake Band of Ottawa and Chippewa Indians, is the technical term. Okay. Um, what kind or what types, what tribes um, do we have within northern Michigan and in the UP? Is it all Chippewa? And no, it's primarily, we call it the uh, people of the three fires. That would be the Ottawa, the Chippewa, and the Potawatomi. Um, Chippewa is also Ojibwe, Ottawa is also Odawa, and then Potawatomi is uh, I don't know of another term for that because it's so much fun to say Potawatomi, actually. Okay. I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> right. I mean, I, it took me years to learn how to say some Scottish place names without me having to, to pick up native. Um, what kind of spread of area? Are they, uh, are, are they indigenous original from here? I mean, uh, we know like people originally came from Africa, but um, are they from here? Were they moved by other tribes? You know, like you, you hear about the Comanches and the, the the Apaches down in the like Arizona who were slave traders and drove other people out, and I think the Iroquois did some of that. Um, are the are the are the peoples who 
300, 400 years ago, would they, would they have been here? They're, they absolutely were 300 years ago. Right. But um, before then, there's some a uh, couple of different takes on history about that. Some that we pushed in other tribes out west of here, um, the, the Sioux, the Oneida, um, that, that would be the people of the Three Fires did that. But also my village, which is over on Burt Lake, um, University of Michigan has found digs there from um, Christ's time. Really? Yes, yeah. They've, uh, University of Michigan does a lot of archaeological digs in that area. Sure. And they've uh, found evidence. What kind of, what kind of, of stuff did they find? Um, sheds of pottery. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, arrowheads. Okay. Um, they do. They have found some bones. Okay. Yeah. What was the um, religious, spiritual beliefs of the these these tribes? Well, originally they uh, they do believe in a, a single creator that was, okay. that they call the creator. He did have a son in this area. He was called Nanabuju. Um, and there's a, a flood in the creation story um, in this one. And instead of uh, Noah sending out a dove to find this, um, the man on the raft sends out a muskrat to get a piece of dirt from the bottom. And it's um, it's a very similar story, though. And that was the, the story that the Berga would have came to or actually, even before him, Father now, Marquette would have killed. Is that passed <clears throat> on verbally then, from father to son, as it were, or from? It was okay. Um, it, so, do we know that it, that they didn't take the Christian story and enculturalize it, tribalize it? Do we know it, it's older than that? Well, from what I understand, yes. Okay, but you yeah. see why I'm asking? Yes, I do. because yes, because I um, in so many indigenous peoples. Um, there were so many efforts made to kind of destroy them sure. that they, they often enculturalized themselves with an attempt to make themselves more, more acceptable mm-hmm. to um, as a written language was Barriga one of the first or was there already Barriga was certainly the first that I know of to make because yeah, he made a dictionary and things right, like a dictionary, yeah. a prayer book okay. he was the first one to translate in, into Catholicism, as, as you and I would know it today. Okay, so the and we'll get to this about what where where the tribes are religiously now. Um, when Barriga arrived, would there have been a great deal of diversity between people that he encountered in the Sioux and people that he encountered over in Ontonogan and stuff like that, um, or did they try? Did the how did the tribes stay in communication with each other? Well, there were trails. They would trade with each other back okay. and forth. And it was a very similar language, even between the Ottawa and the Chippewa. There, there are minute differences. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a speaker of either, so... Um, but it's about maybe like Portuguese and Spanish. Correct. Very, very, very close. Yeah. They would have been, you know, they certainly could understand Portuguese each and Spanish, other. Or Gaelic and Gaelic. In the Western Isles of Scotland, they speak Gaelic, and in Ireland, they speak Gaelic, but written down, they look very, very similar. Just like Spanish and Portuguese, although they sound different, you can tell they're related, all the Romance languages. Right. So there's a kind of root language. Very much so. Yeah, the the original language is still, as I understand it, spoken on the Manitoulin Islands in Canada. 
that's why in uh, actually 1837, the chief of our tribe, uh, Chingasimo was his name, took half our tribe because they were doing, um, Andrew Jackson had just passed the Indian Relocation Act. And he was afraid that we would be moved west of the Mississippi. So he took half of our tribe back to the Manitoulin Islands. And that's where they stayed. That's where they are today. And what were they? Subsistence? They weren't farmers, were they? Were they hunt, it was hunter-gatherers? Um, or was there farming? There was actually both. Uh, the Ottawas were actually, they did more trading. Uh, the Ottawas are the, that's what that means, trader. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, they would trade between... Um, other tribes, especially the Potawatomi and the Sioux, the Sioux were more hunter-gatherers, that, excuse me, I said the Sioux, I'm speaking of the, the Chippewa tribe in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They were more hunter-gatherers, and then uh, the Potawatomi were more farmers, and then the uh, Ottawa would trade between the two, and they picked up traits from both of them. And what kind of things? So fish? Uh, lots of fish, okay. lots of fish. Did they... Did they um Smoke fish? Is that how sure. That's, okay. how, that's how they would okay. preserve it. And is anybody, um, just a curiosity, is anybody making food and doing things like the way that they Absolutely. native people did still, in the past? Still do. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Where, where about, still, if people were interested in that, is there somewhere they can see it? Um, there's a co-op out of uh, the Sioux tribe in Sioux, Michigan. And they, they smoke and, and sell commercial fish. So does the Odawa tribe. My tribe does not. We're not big enough to do that. But we, they. Uh, but your tribe would have been fishermen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. we have pictures. When we were uh, petitioning before the United States Congress, we had pictures of racks of sturgeon being hung up. Okay. In, in the, yeah, because this spring. is the sturgeon. Actually, the only way is the sturgeon capital of <laughs> right. Michigan, isn't right. it? Yes. So, um, although somebody told me that the sturgeon that you find now are. Uh, what you call it, farmed? I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know that. Well, sturgeon um, it can grow up to be well, big, big fish, like can't seven, they? eight feet long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the pictures that we had showed, I mean, just slabs. They look like slabs of beef laying there. Okay, they were mammoth. Have you have you always <clears throat> known that you had native blood in you? Yes. Yeah, my so, mother was very, very keen about that. That's where it comes to me from. Okay. Yeah. Did you know that, Jane, when you were dating him and things like that? Was that a Not thing? at first, but I, yeah, after okay. I got to know him a little bit better. So have you had to go at any native-type cooking and things like that? Oh, uh, fry bread, that kind of thing, yeah. Right. Wild good. rice. Wild yeah. rice, okay. yeah. And she's very good at it. Mm -hmm. Okay. There would have been weaving as well and things like that? Oh, sure, or, yeah. 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 Weaving just for, for use or, or weaving for trading? Both, yeah, Both. very okay. much so. We uh. And do Matter we have fact, any examples from a couple hundred years ago? Uh, um, around the tribal office, there are some, uh, yeah, right. there's some black ash baskets. And if they are baked correctly, um, they'll last almost forever. So where are the tribal offices? What's their address? Let's give them, let's give them a, a shout-out. It is on Indian Road in Burt Township. Okay. Yeah. And it's open for? Um, mostly on the weekends and mostly for... Tribal functions. Okay, is there, a, is there a sort of museum part to it? No, not yet. We're still working okay. on that. But there is, if I remember correctly, isn't there on Mackinac Island in the Catholic Church there in the basement? Yes. There's a sort of museum? There is, there? yeah. Yeah, um, that's... Uh, is that the same tribe? Well, I'm no, going with it. No, no, it's not. 
No, oh, that's mostly okay. the Chippewa tribe. Okay. Yeah. Right. And there's museums and actually there's uh, um, a black, what was his name now? I'm drawing a blank on that. There's a museum in Lance in Michigan that is more towards our tribes, things, artifacts okay. from this area. Okay. <clears throat> and one in Petoskey. And there's a museum in Sheboygan that has some. Okay. It's in the old jailhouse, actually. Does the um, the school, by the school, does that have anything? Very, very little, but there's a couple of things okay. there. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so the reason why I bring that up is because, as by now people know, you've, you've got native blood mm -hmm. in you, and that was a, a significant part of why you embarked upon what you embarked upon, wasn't it? Very much so. So just tell me again, I know you've told me privately, but what was your heart's desire when you started thinking about imitating the missionary journeys of, of Bishop Barrier? Well, when, when this all started, as I said, I was doing this research and came across letters about this man. So I wanted to know more, more about the man. I read as much as I could find out that was written about him. And, then I, and you had come back to your faith by then. Oh, much, yeah, yeah, long yes, before then, right. long okay, before then. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, uh, and I really had never left the faith. I just yeah, wasn't you, practicing. Yes, yes Yeah, yes. it was, yeah. you know, Father Duane would would probably argue that point, but I wasn't practicing <laughs> well enough. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Anyways, we, Not, uh, well, as we'd say in the old country, knock any door. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> right. It would, and it's, you know, the, the, the Catholic faith is so important to me. And it is, the, it's just like reading about Berga. The more you read, the more you study, mm -hmm. the deeper it gets, mm -hmm. the greater the rewards. Mm -hmm. And then as I'm, I'm learning more and more about Berga, where he's from, what he gave up just to come here was phenomenal. That's, that's a book in itself, just a, what he gave away. But I'm, I'm you know, I want to know why this man would do this. Yeah. And as I get to know more and more about my faith, I understand why. But also, at that same time, I'm thinking about all the young people that have left the church, not only in the, the natives, the, the young Anglo-Saxons, um, everybody. It's, you know, youth has um, really departed. And I was really concerned about that with my tribal youth. As a, as a tribal chairman, that's one of the things you're responsible for, is your, your people. And is that an elected position? Yes, oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. I know yeah how, long, I served, how long a term do you do? Um, four years, I did three terms. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's enough for any man. George Washington said two, three is one too many. But, uh, yeah. Roosevelt didn't think so, though. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> We could go off on a whole. Well, we certainly could, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, I, I was, and still am, greatly concerned about the condition of, of the spirituality and the souls of not only young Native Americans, all of all ages, and not only Native Americans, but of all peoples. And you know, the, we will pack a church for a funeral, mm -hmm. and pretty close to packed for weddings. But for day-to-day -day masses, there are just very few there. And that brought some grief to my heart. And then 
again, as I'm reading so much more about Verga, and he was so well accepted, I'm thinking, what's he doing that we're not doing now? So as I'm, I'm studying this, here's like on, on Beaver Island, Garden Island at that time, he had 100% of the native population was Catholic. And not just say they're Catholic, mm -hmm. practicing, bringing prayer books, writing, writing songs of their own. It was they were just so involved in being Catholic. Just for the carry on. Just because uh, it, I mentioned it to you, if people have heard the diaries or, or read the diary, Garden Island has nobody on it now. <laughs> Correct. But yes. it, it was the place to live for the native peoples. There was very few people on Beaver. And now it's all flipped. And was it you was telling me that's probably had to do with commercial, commercial fishing done by the French and the Irish. That in in commercial activity because Beaver Island's got a much deeper port. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no, I mean, there's nobody on Garden. In fact, this might be some, the first time some people actually have heard the t the name. Exactly. Correct. Right. Okay. So yeah, you're you're looking around and seeing the, the. The, 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 the gaps in our approach to, to people. Right. Did you reflect on where you had been uh, when you were younger? Yes. And how much of that might... Right. And that's, well, that's absolutely right. I know. Why didn't I go? Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, the same reasons I was, geez, I was awful busy that day. Or, well, we had hay in to do, Father. We, okay. you know, we did have to put up the hay. I did. I lived on a farm in northern Michigan. Well, and there's always an excuse or a reason, mm -hmm. but you know, taking an hour out of your day to, to be with God doesn't seem like a whole lot of trouble now, but sure did back then. At any rate, I really I was concerned about this, so I thought, you know, how can I honor this man, and maybe get a couple more people in the seats? So he was called the Snowshoe Priest. And then, curiously enough, this it kind of all came together at one spot. We had a, a new bishop at that time named Hebda. Um, Archbishop Hebda has since become a very close friend of mine. And he and I were... Just don't try and name drop. <laughs> I'll leave the other two archbishops out I know out Jane Chambers. <laughs> I can name drop. I know Jane Chambers. <laughs> that certainly carries more weight in my household, sir. I should think so. <laughs> but we are... Okay, so you've got this best buddy yeah. who's an archbishop. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that helped a lot. Actually, who brought me to this diocese. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. so and Hugh and I were discussing one day, and I, I told him I really want to honor Berrigan, and I think one of the ways that I could do this would be to take snowshoe trips and follow some of the routes that he drew up. Ooh. And he said, well, well, you know, how far are you thinking? What do you, what do you, I said, well, the first, I think I would go from, because he moved the diocesan office from uh, Sault Ste. Marie to Marquette. So I said, I, I think I, that's probably the trip I'll take first. And Bishop Hebda said, Kurt, do you think you you can do that? And I said, well, I'm pretty sure I can. And then he talked with Bishop Sample, um, He's now an archbishop as well. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it all happened. At, it all happened at the same time. Both of them became archbishops, yeah. and, and during during this trip. Anyways, see, we uh, the two of them got together, and the next thing I know, I'm in the middle of a forest in northern Michigan, and snowshoeing. Okay, but well, before we get into that, right? So, 
Um, somebody told me that it was Bishop Hebda who created the Barriga days that used to happen. Was it? No, no. it's been no. going on for quite some time before. They had, he there. hosted one here in Gaylord, in the Gaylord Diocese. Is that perhaps what it was, yes. that, that nobody had done that? Or it had been a long time since that was done or something here, like that? Yeah, this diocese. Okay. Yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, what's the purpose of the Barriga days? Um, to bring awareness to the cause of the sainthood for Bishop Barriga. And it's been, it's uh, twice a year, and it usually moves around to different different places, excuse me, in, in Barricas, what was his diocese at the time, mm -hmm. which is all in northern Michigan, the UP, most of the upper lower peninsula, uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, and parts of Canada. Right. Um, do, ba do do Wisconsin and Minnesota have they had Barriga days? Do you know? Yes, they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, okay. They are. So the sad thing being, we have not had many, but other places have had plenty. Well, they they do try to move it around so that you know we get a, a more bigger, larger following of of people that actually know about Barriga. This year's will be in Sault Ste. Marie. Right. Yes. Um, any ideas on dates? Um, Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day yeah. weekend sometime, okay. yeah. yeah. Right. And it's going to include Canada, too, this year. Right. So Excellent. Yeah, right. okay. The last two years, we hadn't been able to. Okay. And actually, well, presumably, you're both members of the Barragas. Yes, we are. This association, it's called, isn't it? Right. Yes. But Bishop Raker used to be on the board for that, I think. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. yeah, and now it's yeah. Bishop uh, um, Durfler, Dur right. I think is his name. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... You hold that, right, before we um, embark upon that. Um, what background did you have on trekking into the wilderness? And, you know, you, you grew up as a farm boy, right? Cattle right. or crops or both? Um, mostly hay and alfalfa. We, uh, our, the neighbours had cattle and horses that I used to help okay, hay so with. So that's 24-7. Constantly, right. yes. Um, you were in the services, you were in the Navy? Yes. What, what branch of the Navy? Which part of the Navy were you in? I actually ran a post office on a guided missile frigate in the North Atlantic. So. All right, so cold weather, is, is that, that's a nothing. No, then, that's right. pretty good. Had all so, my life, yeah. Yeah, because I used to live in um, New Bedford in Massachusetts. Right. You know, mm -hmm. the largest largest seaport in the, in the North Atlantic. Yeah. And I thought it was cold and wet coming from Scotland until I moved to Bedford <laughs> and uh, it was certainly cold and, and wet right? Course, yeah. so did you do a lot of camping and stuff like that growing up? Um, yes I, w I would take off by myself with a you know a, a bedroll and spend the weekend in the woods often. but this is in the summer? mostly although I do it in the fall and the winter too okay. um, yeah, I just I've so always the question Jane is again, is your husband insane? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not insane. So when you were on your honeymoon and he picked up the bedroll like, <laughs> and decided just wandered off yeah. into the woods. What did you make of that? <laughs> oh right, yeah. So um were you in the service you already left the service when you guys got married or were you in the service? I had just gotten out. Uh, the year before, when right. Jane and I met, actually. Okay. Was he a, a I mean, did, you, did he strike you as like an out, outdoorsy kind of, I mean, I know a lot, a lot of men in Michigan are, but right. some are more outdoorsy than others, right? 
Right. And to some extent, your husband's become the Uber uh, <laughs> outdoorsy man in some ways. Um, because few people go camping in the winter anymore. Now, I understand right. when you guys were young, that was a more common thing. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Was it? Right. Yeah. yeah, we were outside all the time. I mean, okay. walks and hikes and stuff like that. So, okay. yeah. We did you, and did you do that as a family? Then when... Like when, when I was no, my brothers and sisters wouldn't want what nothing to do with. What about you guys got married? Did you do it as a as a family going out camping? Yeah, well, we so pitched a tent a few times yeah. in some softball games. Yes, up in the Rockies. Okay, right. but not really. You didn't really not have a a, a a whole kind of background history of going on hikes. You weren't mm, well, really a hiker. I did. Um, wasn't always with the family, but um, I used to. We lived in Denver, Colorado, and friend of mine and I used to do a lot of, uh, and he did had a lot of survival training. We used to do a lot of camping up in the Rockies for hunting. Okay. We mm-hmm. hunt um, mule deer and elk. Uh, I've, sp- I've had to build snow caves. And that's a very different terrain. Very much so. From Michigan though, isn't it? Yes. Now Michigan's rolling hills. You're, you're talking about mm-hmm. basically being on solid rock. Yeah, correct. Which means that what you're lying on, even if it gets warm, it's not going to get squishy. I know that's maybe not a technical term, but <laughs> yeah, we didn't but discuss here, that a lot. The water table is so high, right? That I, I can imagine you could go camping here in the winter, and uh, halfway through the night, you might realize I'm actually sinking. It's always important to put a vapor barrier. First off, a what? A vapor barrier. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, I was an RN for years before I was a priest. It sounds like something you would use in intensive care for somebody had some kind of crowd group or something right, like that. Right. A vapor barrier. Right, it, which is, um, I carry a uh, extra roll of canvas with me when around my bedroll. And I throw that down, I put my tent on top of that. And then I also have a, it's a... Uh, a hard foam rubber mat that I lay on top, and that keeps the moisture from coming up into your body. When, because you do that, you lose body heat. Yes, you, yeah, you, of course. And the earth, God bless her, will just suck that that heat right out of your body. So you know you definitely want to. Okay, I'm just writing a note to myself. <laughs> Make sure you keep in your car a vapor barrier. Yes. <laughs> okay, but, so. He's uh, always been a runner, though. I mean, that's probably what gave him all the endurance that oh, he had. Oh, have you? Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, done any marathons? Sure. Some uh, ultra marathons. Really? What, yeah. Which is what? The uh, anything, twice as long? Well, it depends on, you know, who's making the course at the time. Okay. Yeah. I saw that in Britain, I didn't, never heard of this, I saw this recently. In Britain, they have a marathon that's underground. Wow. It's a 50-mile run and it's it's in old mine diggings or something like that oh. and and when they start to line them up there's only a, I think there's only 16 people allowed to do it at any given time and they release them singly because the entrance hmm. they couldn't get you know if, if people ran to work you know how the mm-hmm. way it, all kind of bottlenecks and mm-hmm. you know a marathon, so that might be something to put on your. Uh, yeah, yeah it doesn't appeal to me at all. <laughs> no, no. Really? I like the open air. <laughs> just think how much it would mean to you if you just ran fifty miles in a tunnel. <laughs> so, so Jane, yeah, he's, he's this. He's having this idea. He's speaking to his best buddies, who are mm-hmm. um, archbishops now, 
<laughs> what happened to you then? You're not an arsehole. <laughs> anyway, his, his poker playing buddies, right? Hebden and Samples. He has this idea. What was the, the unfolding of this and the genesis of this that you were aware of? Uh, well, he came home one day and just said, well, I, I've got this idea. <laughs> had, had you been on the journey with him, uh, as it were, of finding out about Barriger? Like, was he reading about Barriger and then saying to you, did you know this about him? Or was it, or was it that was his thing and you were getting on with... Oh, no, I, I always had an interest. We also had a, a, like a, a talk one day about Barriger that I went to and got the book The Shepherd in the Wilderness yeah, and was yeah. reading that. and. Uh-huh. Kind of coincided with what he Sadly, was doing. Sadly, that's out of print, huh? Yes. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful, yeah. Yeah. beautiful story. It's very readable. It's a very, very readable, that's mm-hmm. a, right. a very readable book. Anyway, sorry, so so he comes to you. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm thinking about doing this snowshoe. So uh, that's how most of his stories start. <laughs> anyway, so so once he gets a thought in his mind, he, he just likes to go ahead and do it. So I thought it was a great idea. Uh, I was worried, and he was, it seemed like he just wanted to get in the backpack and go, but I I wanted more of a structure (laughs) of where he was going to go and when he was going to stop, and yeah, so. The planning of these kind of things, (coughs) as James just said, you can just go up and do something, right? Mm -hmm. People could do that. Um, But most people, there tends to be some kind of planning because of the unforeseen nature of that, Mm -hmm. right? So you're walking in the UP, there's every chance you might meet Bigfoot, right? <laughs> you know, it's one of the, I think yeah. it's the third hot, hot, the third hot spot in the States after uh, Oregon and Seattle. I think the UP is the third hot spot for Bigfoot sightings, right? Mm-hmm. And you're out, and we'll talk about this, you're following trails, but you're, they're not, they're, they're, they're older trails, they're ancient trails. So, they? Some are, some, some had, have, Progressed to actually uh, railroad beds today. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. So you you got the you you've like got the 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 go from the boss, your wife, right? Yeah. Um, who else did you discuss it with? Did you discuss it with other people about the? Had you met anybody that done it? Had done any anything like this? Mm, well, I discussed it with quite a few people. You know, there's great wisdom in many minds. I'm right, sure. Um, I had talked. To, I had two very close friends that I have coffee with on a regular basis, or did at one time. One of them is a former uh, Lutheran minister, and yeah, another one is a still a current Pentecostal minister. Um, they were at a conference in Chicago, and they had been approached by a blind lady they had not met before, and she said, "I understand you guys are from Northern Michigan," and she said. She drew this map. She said... That map is in front of me. Yes. She said, does this mean anything to you guys? And she said, I think it has something to do with the tribes up in the northern northern, northern lower peninsula, someplace in that area. So they asked me, they brought me a copy of the map anyways, and we were sitting down one day. They said, hey, does this make any sense to you? And I glanced at it and I said, well, probably not, because it doesn't correspond so with any of the tribes. Go back again. Repetition being the mother of all learning. Mm-hmm. These two uh, Protestant ministers were at some conference in Chicago, and 
Do you know, I'm tempted to say I blind lady bumped into them. They encountered a blind lady who asked them where they were from. Mm-hmm. And then she wrote that, she drew this in front of them. No, she had already drawn it. And drawn when, it. When she found out that from they were from what inspiration area. had she drawn it? She just she what? just came to her in a dream. Came to her in a dream, she got up and she, she drew this yes. on, on a piece of paper. Right. And ha- happened to have it with her at the conference. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she was obviously a, a, a devout Christian of some kind. Right. Yeah. And, she, um, and she's not. And we did meet her since then. Okay. Um, we had never met her before. She is not a uh, uh, Orthodox anything, okay. but she is extremely. You know, she loves Jesus. Right. No background for her in Native American culture. She, she'd never even heard the name Berga. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she'd never heard that. Had they, these two Protestant ministers, had they heard of Berga? Um, well, since or only they both from the li- school, maybe. Right. They right. both lived in Sheboygan at the right. time. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, they lay this out in front of you because of your Native American. Right. Um, because she didn't say this has got something to do with Barriga. She said this is. She thought it had something to do with the tribes in right. the area. So they they laid it out for you. Um, so nobody nobody knew was this trails, Native American art, or anything. So can we just kind of try and describe to people um, what it looks like? So to me, right. Um, so that's the top of it there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. So somebody presented me that and said, "What? What is that?" I, you could say it looks like um, badly made Christmas lights. <laughs> Pretty close. Right? No, yes. couldn't you, no, couldn't you yeah. Jane? What do you think? Yes. Just, yeah. Squiggly just, lines. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, in the context, if somebody had said to you, "Here's a rough map of such and such," you're looking at that. You would say that's a really rough map, yeah. right? Okay, it's so okay, rough. so these guys present this to you in 2012, right? Right. Okay. Um, what did you think? Can you remember what you thought when you first saw it? Yeah. I, well, pretty much what you just said. Oh, right. it's, it's extremely rough. Maybe it lines up with some tribes. I said, I, I mean, I, no, I have to look again. Not meant to be humorous. It, it looks like something a blind person would draw. It does. Right. Yeah. And okay. she was, and it was. Right. Yes. But, um, uh, and, and so we didn't think a whole lot more of it at the time. They gave me a copy of that. And they said, well, in your travels, if this should come up, let us know. So <clears throat> then I'm also at the same, same time talking with uh, Bishop Hebda. Will you stop name dropping? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I keep waiting for him to say Bernard. <laughs> I promised him I never would. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, we, so and I had highlighted spots that I was going to stop I, on a just a regular um, um, road map, Michigan road map. I don't think I brought that with me. Anyways, and I'd put yellow dots on there. So one afternoon I'm sitting, I'm watching Notre Dame on football actually. And, oh, my gosh, I think I know where that map goes. So I grabbed this map, laid it on top of that map of Michigan, and each of these spots lined up with one of the stops I was going to make. I mean, almost, I mean, not almost, like it was exactly. That's, a, <laughs> it goosebump. that's it, a goosebump movement at the moment. It, it, that it was, it? yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, this is Sault Ste. Marie, Marquette. Although, I'll tell you what, I'm tempted to say that explains a lot of the roads in Michigan, <laughs> if they were designed by blind people. But anyway, yeah. that's amazing. It was, I mean, was I mean that, that was like, I mean, what was that, what was that like? Oh, you, just, uh, I mean, it came to me in a flash, and it was just, and then, like you said, So are you, are you saying to people that if they watch Notre Dame football, God might speak to them? <laughs> Often really happens, often happens because to me, I, Father. I think that might get you kicked off the Deacon program if you're trying to. Uh, when there's all these Spartans and Wolverines listening to this, yes, so, yes. So you okay, you lay that on, yeah, and it's almost identical. I mean, with and, and just because I didn't mention this, the 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 design has lines where it it it's like what is it called in geographical terms? It's called nodes and module no, nodes and something or other and the, the nodes are cities or towns and things mm -hmm. like that right. and so on the map there is squiggly lines with circles identifying what we now know to be places right right exactly. so the central one is what the top, the top one? one that's marquette okay sault saint marie right this is uh um newberry you know well no newberry's down here this is uh oh munising munising yeah and then this is saint ignace and this is uh, Lockview de Serre and and they did. They no, do. no, it is, a, it is amazing, and, and I'm, I don't mean this facetiously, but even scale wise, was that uh, no, 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 not I real mean, close was, scale wise. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, but it was extremely close. Right, it was, and then as I had that, and the trail that goes nowhere, the one goes, that just tails off that doesn't. Yeah. It, what 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 is that? Well, that's. There's another whole story there. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So you've looked at this, and um, it's like the kind of thing that if you were at a magic show, and you know somebody's doing the cards and all that kind of stuff, right. they show it. You you think that's really impressive, but it's not magic. But this, looking at this, so that, this is absolute. This that oh, really is amazing. Made made my hair stand on end. Yeah, and it's and then you you shared it with Jane. Do you do you remember? Mm -hmm. what, what did oh, you yeah. What do you think? What did you could you see it right away as well mm -hmm. when he showed it? It wasn't a case of well, I've kind of closed my eyes, and, <laughs> you know, turn off the light and put on a put on a, a helmet backwards. Yeah. You could right away. You could tell. Yeah. 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 What was your thought? What was your um, after as you were reflecting on it? What were you thinking that this is meant to be? Yes, that's that was the confirmation I needed to take mm -hmm. this trip. Okay. And it's so I called a, a bishop that we both know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know lots of bishops. <laughs> and he said, "Would he, that be bah?" Yes. And he said he had also talked to uh, Bishop Sample about this, and they were both very, very supportive. Yeah. They both wrote letters. Here's a letter from yeah. Bishop Hebda there. And then, and what were the letters for? Um, they were letters of introduction to priests and tribes along the right. Oh, way. right, lovely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they've in uh, each bishop from uh, uh, successors from uh, Hebda Sensen has done one for me for each of the trips I did. Okay. And, that, and they're very nice. And then you know I present those to the tribes and, and yeah. the churches. Okay. Can we just go back when you told the two? Protestant ministers about this. Did they immediately become Catholics? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're still not today. But, but, but they, they should. How did they explain it? Uh, well, the same way. They said, well, obviously this is work, you know, 
they, they both were joyous. And they said, well, that's incredible, Kurt. This is, you know, it's a work from God. I believe it was also. Oh, yeah. It's something, something. I mean, what else? How else could you explain it? Mm-hmm. I don't know that you could. And, and I no, don't need to. <clears throat> and this is slightly off as a tangent, but just out of curiosity, what does the uh, Barriger Association make of this? Is this not? I mean, that's a miraculous uh, it was, thing. Uh, so Lynn was the, uh, no, it was Elizabeth, Elizabeth was, uh, was the director of the Barriger Association at the time. And they, she did take pictures of this, and it's in the archives. Now but I don't think it's on the website. It may not be. I don't think it is. I mean, that's the kind of thing, frankly, that's the kind of thing that should be on the website. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah it's pretty incredible. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, get, that, that helps promote a cause is miraculous things. You know, the, the main thing being, of course... Uh, helping someone who's been near death, near death experience or something like that. Right. But the the thing that encourages people to say that this is something that I might want to invest my time praying for the to this this holy person mm-hmm. is when you when you find out that there's other miraculous things that have that have gone on. I mean that I, d- I don't know how else how else do you explain that? I, that's the only I mean, this way is I explain like, it. This is like what four degrees of separation from people. Who didn't even might not even have been a woman who might not even have been to Michigan. Never mind, not have heard, couldn't read a map. Mm-hmm. No, she well, she certainly had never seen a map. She'd been blind since birth. So, I mean, really, it's, uh, it's really. A, I mean, just that alone, I'm glad that we're doing the, the radio <laughs> program because I said, well, people, why? I'm, I'm partly sitting here thinking, why didn't I know this? Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about them a, a lot. I, I've. Um, I, I pray for his cause and things like that. Um, I'm very disappointed with Father Partridge, who uh, was a wonderful man. He never told me this. <laughs> you know, I don't he know. Did, Father Frank, did, shame on you. He, did, he didn't know that. I don't no. think I ever discussed that with Father. No. no. But we did. I did meet with Father Partridge a few times to drop another name. <clears throat> and, and another very good name. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, I just, we just good, loved good him. Man. Yeah. Do you know his dad was English? Was he? Yeah, his dad was from Birmingham in England. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's like another foreigner like me yeah. <laughs> helping to, to, to promote the, the cause okay so that is really uh, amazing um, had you you had already made up your mind or you were going to do it yeah I had yeah I'd, or had you had you been asking the Holy Spirit give me a sign I, I was were you yes yeah. oh okay. absolutely yes and okay I, I so you don't get much more of a sign than that <laughs> no you don't no that's pretty I mean you're pretty really and then yeah. I had to agree to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was like okay yeah that's true yeah yeah, yeah. how do you argue with that <laughs> right. yeah. yeah no that's not a good enough sign <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was it when was you met the lady because you said you 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 both met met the lady mm-hmm. yeah um what did she make of it? She, is she a mystic? Well, I think well, so. I believe so. Yeah. 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 Okay, so she, you were she says she can see angels. And okay. I, I have no reason to believe she doesn't. No, no. no. Yeah. Um, did she, so she, well, so she was probably not really surprised? No, she knew it was had something to do, um, and it had something to do with God. She thought it was the tribes. And there are the tribes. These are some of the trails they followed yes. also. Uh, yeah. But I didn't. From what I understand, she has no background in that area at all, of you know, okay. being historical. They do her and her husband today still do prison ministry. Right. Yeah. God bless okay. them for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Absolutely. Uh, we did meet over in Traverse City at, on one of my walks that, that year. I also went from uh, Indian River down to uh, Manistee. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, that's, that's amazing. Okay, so <clears throat> again, back to the, the planning stage. Um, you've been asking God for some kind of insight. This is a message. Um, it's like a brick upside the head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So you you then start thinking about the the do's, the don'ts, the what what can I achieve? Um, had you much experience in walking with with on snow? Um, yes. I I mean I grew up with snowshoes. Okay. I, hunting with my dad, and hunting rabbits, and we had a, as I said, a farm out west okay. of Sheboygan. Now, there are two types of snowshoe. Oh, there's really. a lot more than that. Is there? Okay. Yeah, there are I was going more with the, the articulating right, as opposed to the sort of, the ones that you have to really lift your knees. And stuff right. like that. Yeah, and okay. it's personal preference, different types of snow, but I've had companies send me snowshoes to test after they read about this. And, okay. And... To be honest, and the best ones I found are made in Michigan or close by, and okay. for they have uses that we use here. Cross country skis, you know, the, the articulating thing. Right. That was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle who invented that. Oh, really? Yeah, the writer of Sherlock Holmes. He used to go uh, to on winter holidays to Switzerland, mm-hmm. and he didn't like the way the shorter skis were used by the Swiss. So he he got longer skis and he put articulators on them. Mm. Apparently. Interesting. For, for that, because that's why I've I've seen that I, that's I've seen snowshoes that have that, which is a more normal way to walk, I mm-hmm. guess, as opposed to the the stop. Now, when you're using snowshoes, you splay like you do with skis on snow, or do you straight on? No, straight on. It's it, the closer you can get to a normal step, a normal stride, the better you're going to be if you're going to do twenty to thirty miles. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that you're you're a runner and stuff like that. But what kind of practice? So I'm I'm told by people who write and asked Bishop uh, Walsh this. I'm name dropping now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when, when I interviewed him for the radio, that they, they say that if you can run over ten miles, you can do a marathon, because that's the wall, right? Right. So yep. what kind of uh, physical prep did you do for the the journey? Well, and and I did take all this extremely serious. Good. I mean, you're going to yeah. be. A, Alone in the wilderness in the yeah. UP, with Maybe. no cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Nothing. So I, I mean, I was, I, I took this very serious. So, at at first, probably not as serious as Jane would have liked, but mm-hmm. okay. I did. Uh, I knew that I was gonna have to be in peak physical shape, um, mentally, spiritually, um, and turns out that the uh, physical part was the easiest part of this whole journey. Really? Yes. It was, uh, I would just, in the job I had, would afforded me the time in the wintertime to, I took just about all of February completely off, and it was, and I would, right, right over here to Black Mountain, and it's, there's, I'd do two different circuits around there, and I'd do from 10 to 15 miles a day, and okay. lots of hills, Okay. and then I'd start off with a 20 pound, 20 pound backpack. I worked my way up to 85 pounds. Right, okay. Um, so that was anticipating having to spend two or three days out in the cold and the snow. Um, I'll be 
absolutely honest, in my first trip, I never spent a single day outside. I was, and in most of it, there you're so welcomed mm. by the tribes and, and the we'll churches. Get, we'll get to that, but let's yeah. carry on with the, the practice. Right. So, so going to your wife, right? when he was coming home from these, was it, what was he like? <laughs> he was the, a, from the going, going around the 15 miles mm-hmm. outside here nearby, what was he like when he got home? Was he chipper? <laughs> he was pretty chipper. Really? He's got okay. endurance. Okay. Like, it's unbelievable. But yeah. So once he'd made up his mind, Jane, mm-hmm. and, and he was going to do it, um, you were pretty sure, you were pretty clear that he could do it, that he had it. He did have the physical capability. Yes. Because I think one of the things that people would worry at first is, uh, is the individual physically capable of, of such a task? Mm-hmm. Um before we all worry about the weather and stuff like that. We know all that, but first of all, you need to actually be able to do uh, what for at least 15 miles a day. Right. That, mm-hmm. um, yep. Yeah. Um, because that's true of anybody who wants to walk anywhere, isn't it? If somebody wants to do the Appalachian Way in the summer or they want to do Santiago de Compostela, you've, you've really, if you, unless you're going to take like two months to do something, you're looking at 10 to 15 every day. Sure. And you've also got then to have all the equipment that's the sores that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So did you have to soak sores? Did you have to rub lin, lin, liniment oil into his feet? <laughs> no, not very often. No, he, was, he took care of himself. She didn't have to, but did she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not often enough. Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so as, you were, as you were practicing, were there um, rashes and sores from, from the, the getting used, your body getting used to the equipment? Um, I had switched from, I was trying to decide between cross-country skis and snowshoes. Okay. And so so, one, you, you, one day so although Barriga used snowshoes, yeah. you, you were thinking, you, I was, why, why was your... Um, well, I wanted to see which way was easier to get through the woods. And, okay. and then on trails, obviously, cross-country skis were better. But... Okay. Um, Barriga didn't have trails, yeah. or the trails he followed were just snowshoe trails. Right. So the the more I concentrated on that, the, and I also found that I could carry much more weight on snowshoes than I could on cross country skis. Why was that? Um, well, is I found that it, as I was skiing, that you would try to glide, and then the weight could shift on your back. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, and and the danger of you would overbalance. Right. Then. Yeah. Okay. And also, I ended up getting blisters on from my cross country boots. Mm-hmm. So I, I got rid of those, and that's the only blisters I I had during the entire preparation during the entire. When walk. you're using snow snowshoe, so when you're using skis, the the boots are part of the skis, aren't they? <laughs> right. Um, but when you're using snowshoes, you've, you're wearing hiking shoes that you then attach. Right. The snowshoes too, is that right? They don't, Correct. They're not single units? <clears throat> Very true. Um, there are different kinds of bindings. The new bindings that we have today are head and shoulders better than what Berger would have used. You know, His would have just been a piece of uh, rawhide t- tied around his boot or a shoe. Now, do I remember you telling me you have a traditional set of snowshoes? Right. Can you describe them? Um, How they're made, by looking at them, and what they're made of, and like you just said, how they're attached, right? and what the difference would be for people who are listening to this that have 
that I might have walked on modern snowshoes, how different it is, what Barragher actually did, and why you chose not to do that. So if you could... Sure. Um, Barragher's shoes, uh, the ones that I've seen anyways, are um, more round than the ones that I use. They are made with the outside would usually be a, a cedar, you know, the uh, very thin but lightweight. It's very strong. And is that the, the cut off branches of a certain thickness? Sure. Is that, that's what yep. they would do? Yeah. And then and dry they, the branches out? They would bend them right. to where they okay. wanted them. Okay. And then uh, they would use, oh, could be uh, deer gut or sometimes they would also use roots to do the weaving, you know, to make the snowshoe so it'll stay on top. Um, and some of the weaving is extremely intricate. That pair that I've got, um, it's it's a work of art. You know, the, and they would put um, animals. No, although there. it's a work of art, and I've seen them in people's houses, but yours are actually real ones. They actually are usable. Aren't yes. They? Oh, yeah. As yeah. opposed, to, you know, sometimes you see on people's houses mm-hmm. and they've got snowshoes up, and you think they wouldn't take my weight. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yours, well, you, the even ones these older ones. Real. You know, I'm, I was looking at them and thinking, well, Berga was five 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 six yeah. 130 pounds yeah. so you know I'm four inches taller and 50 pounds heavier than he is so, so these the, the, the like the snowshoes you've got how would you attach so he'd have been wearing moccasins or, or well he would boots he would have wore or, boots, boots. Um, or, or um, um, what would they be called back then mucklucks today you'd call them along those lines he would have worn um, Berger was an extremely intelligent person and you know, he knew to take care of himself when he's out there. Mm-hmm. So he wore some sort of waterproof upper to, to protect himself. Which would have been would, would have been what? What would what probably beaver or otter skin, say, right. something made okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. And then he would have tied those over, over the boots that he wore. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then how do you secure the how just, do, how... just rawhide or and you know, it's probably deer okay. you know, strips made out of their hides. And then you would just fasten them together. Okay, and did did it then did it enter your head to have a go using the traditional? It did. And and why not? One trip through the woods, I, I found out. Oh, so you did do it? You had to go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My my, uh, my uh, today's snowshoes are so much superior. You know, you stay up on the snow better. They are usually lighter. Um, much easier to on and off. Lighter than wooden, wooden framed, yes, woven. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's what they made. They made of what carbon fiber? Is that what they? Carbon fiber. Um, so it's a bit different, like uh, a tennis racket from when we were young right. to a tennis racket now, mm. which um, uh, are so so different in the weight. Is that that's really the thing? Very much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, I also I've got uh, six eight pairs of snowshoes, different kinds. Some made from uh, real lightweight aluminum aircraft. And it's an alloy that uh, are, I got these from uh, some of the uh, Alpine troops. Okay. It was from out in Colorado. It was, they're lightweight. They work very good. Don't forget to tune in next Saturday for part two of this exciting interview with Curtis Chambers. Of course, you can listen again to this episode and others at our blog, Let's talk Catholic podcast.blogspot.com or find us on almost any podcast platform. Excellent. <laughs>